praise the Lord. Man, it's good to be here tonight. It's good to be inside a warm building. Amen. Can we stand to our feet and just, why don't we just start this service off tonight by giving God praise. Let's let him know how much we love him and appreciate him. God, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your name, God. If it had not been for you, Lord, we would not be here tonight. So we thank you, Lord, for giving us one more night, one more moment to call out to your wonderful name, Lord. We cry out for your wonderful presence in this place. Jesus, we pray that you would visit your people tonight in a special way. God, we have been, we have been trying to position our life to hear from you, God. So tonight our desire is to hear from you. So we praise you because your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. And so we praise you tonight. We exalt your name. We give you thanksgiving tonight. We bring the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, into this place tonight. Lord, be lifted high. Lord, be lifted high. There is no one like you, Lord. There is no one like you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for the grace and mercy that you have given us, God. Oh, for the long-suffering. Oh, for your patience and waiting for us to gain understanding, oh, Lord. We thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We praise you tonight for you are great and mighty. You are great and mighty, and we will honor you with our best. We will honor you with our life. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. give you an opportunity to present your offering to the Lord, and we're going to sing praises to his wonderful name. Amen. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We are in your presence. Fill us with your power. Oh, yes. Live inside of me. Sing welcome. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Lord, we are in your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Fill us with your power. Oh, live inside of me. Sing that again. Welcome. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we are in your presence. Woo. Fill us with your power. Out of me, say it again. Welcome, welcome, Holy Spirit. Lord, we are in your presence. Oh, fill us with your power. Live inside of me. You're the living water, oh, my never-trying fountain, Lord, my comforter, my counselor, oh, take complete control, said, welcome, Holy Spirit, Lord, we are in your presence. Fill us with your power. Is that your prayer today? Live inside of me. Yes, Jesus, welcome. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Oh, we are in your presence. Lord, fill us with your power. 
inside of me. How great 
Just for a few more moments, let's entertain the presence of the Lord. He's great and greatly to be praised. We magnify you, Jesus. You're so mighty, so worthy. Lord, and we love you tonight. We worship you tonight. The name that's above every name. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We worship you tonight. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in this new year, a new response to his presence ought to be to linger to get everything that you need from the Lord not wait for next Sunday or next week or wait for the next event but in the presence of the Lord when he moves and we are so sensitive to his presence we ought to make the most of that time and get everything that we need out of it if we push him off when he shows up after we sing praises to his name and we give him glory and honor when he shows up and, and, and that's, that's, that's it for us. He shows up with, I'm here for fellowship. I'm here to help you, to heal you, to deliver you. And then we resist when he shows up. To put that off and to say that I'll get it in another date is it's not realistic. The more you put off, the more desensitized you become to his presence. In this season that we are in right now, we have to be uh, in a place where we are sensitive to his presence.
sensitive to his voice, not resistant, but embrace what he has and what he desires to do. What he wants to do tonight in someone's life, it's up to you whether or not you let him. You give him the space to do it. He's in this place. He's here tonight. The great God whom we serve is here. Where he said he would, where he said he promised he would be. And there's no doubt that he's here. We can all sense his presence. What we must not do is push him off or resist resist him. We just why don't we, why don't we just go ahead and repent? Let's get this out of the way. Let's ask the Lord to forgive us for idolatry, for the things that you've placed before Him, for the plans that you have placed before Him. Let's ask the Lord to forgive us for idolatry. Lord, forgive us for idolatry. Forgive us for placing things more important in our priorities than you. God, we repent of our sins. Lord, we do not want to be in an idolatrous culture, an idolatrous generation. Lord, we want to serve you and only you. And whatever you speak, whatever you say, whatever you require, our only response is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we will follow you. Yes, Lord, we will obey. We will obey you because we are your people. And the only reason that we are here is because of you. We will not be like the, like the men of old who, who had a lust for, for the world's cause. We will only serve you, mighty God. We repent of our wasted moments, our wasted time. We, rep- we repent for having idle words. We, re- we repent for being fruitless, God. We repent, O oh Lord. And we ask that in this season that you would help us to become a fruitful people. That we would be a people who would bear your likeness. Who would walk in the pattern that you have given us to walk in. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, and forgive us of our inconsistencies. Help us to be faithful. Bring increase into our life that would would cause us to be stable people. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Y'all may be seated. Tonight, I just want to minister for a few moments here uh, from from this focus point, the voice in the silence. Three days into the new year, and I've heard the roar of my flesh. It's almost like the sound of an angry lion who hasn't eaten for weeks. For those of you who are fasting with us this month, you have witnessed the same things, haven't you? Let me encourage someone tonight. If you will silence yourself, you will hear the Lord speak in a way you haven't heard. If you will silence yourself, You are responsible for the noise. You can control the noise in your life. If there's a noise of confusion, you have you have you have the tools to silence the noise. 
The only way to shut that lion up is to starve it out. Starve out that raging lion. If you want to hear the roar of the lion of Judah, you must silence the roar of your flesh. If you're like me, and I know some of you are right right here with me, I am determined to find, to find the flow of the Spirit. I don't want to just live in it momentarily. I want to find the flow of the Spirit and walk in it, live in it, breathe in it. It, it, has, it has me captive. The promises of what we have in God. The promise. The promise of being a people called by his name, endued with power from on high to be a witness and to flow in the Spirit. Listen, we had some amazing encounters with the Spirit of God last year, but I want this year to be more than a year of encounters. We have to grow beyond the idea that I'm just coming to encounter God. This is not a place for us just to gather to encounter God. We we should be encountering Him every day of our life. And if we are not encountering Him, then there is unnecessary noise that you have allowed, that I have allowed to be where it's not supposed to be. I want this year to be a year of greater things, but it's going to require a personal revival in all of us. And that begins with self-denial. And if we can deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus, we will follow him into a dimension of greater things. I don't know about you tonight, but I want to follow the Lord into the greater dimension that he has available for his people. Well, uh, he didn't call us to walk in mediocrity. He didn't call us to sit on, to be a bench warmer. He called us to get into the game, to get into the battle, and to, uh, and to use the weapons of warfare that are not carnal. But in order for us to get into that dimension of greater things, we must respond to the call differently. I must respond to the call uh, to prayer differently. I I don't want to become desensitized to the call to prayer. When God calls me to prayer, I want to be ready to stop what I am doing and get into that closet of prayer. We have to respond differently to the call of prayer. Hey, an an empty prayer room will not bring a personal revival for you. We got to fill the prayer room with more than just bench warmers we have to fill the prayer room with people who are willing to cry out for the Lord I must respond to the call to fasting differently it's not about a list of requirements that the pastor has to lay down uh, for you to fast because it's about positioning. It's about positioning our life to hear from the Lord and we ought to be willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to get there. I, I, gotta, I gotta stop the noise somehow and the best way to stop the noise is to starve out the noise. The more we fast... Listen, as we fast and pray, that roar from the lion will become more faint, more faint, more faint. And as you are getting physically weaker, you're getting stronger. Why? Because the voice of the flesh is being silenced and you are positioned to receive the strength of the Lord.
I must respond to his voice differently. Why? Because he has good things that I need. He has good things that you need. And if you will learn to respond to the Lord in the right spirit, you will receive the good things. You will receive the strength. You will receive the deliverance. But you've got to let him in and you have to listen to his voice. And when he speaks to you and requires something of you, you have to say, yes, Lord. Because listen, this is, I want to just draw out a few things here. Maybe, maybe some mentalities that might exist in our world about fasting. The fast is not about God seeing us fast. It's not a checklist item that we just say, okay, Lord, I'm fasting. Send me some spiritual activity. Fasting is in a way that we say, hey, Lord, look at me. Look how good I'm being. Look at all the good things I'm doing right now. Fasting for you. The fast is not about God seeing us fast. It's about us seeking Him and hearing Him and obeying Him. It's about getting rid of the noise, aligning ourselves spiritually, and then listening for the voice of the Lord. And when He speaks, we respond in a way that, 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 that moves us into action Because when he speaks, he's going to give instruction. He's going to give direction. And we must be willing. If what we really want is to follow him, we must be willing to drop whatever it is to follow him. Isaiah 58, verses 1. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sins. Isaiah was told to declare to the Lord's people all of their transgression. He was to sound it like a trumpet, not holding back. Because without the sound of this trumpet, the Lord is speaking. My people will continue in their deception. My people will continue in their ways thinking that they're doing the right thing when they are bound. Listen to what they are doing, verse 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. They seek me as a nation that was righteous. They sought the Lord as an as a people who thought they were doing the right thing, and I can see uh, I can see the great dilemma in the hour that we live in is that we can we can be right up in a place where we think that we're doing the right thing. Because we're going through the motions. We're going through the motions. I'm fasting. Check. I'm singing. Check. I'm I'm paying my tithes and I'm giving in the offering. Check. I'm doing all of these righteous things. Oh, but listen. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. They take delight in doing all these things because they think they're actually doing something. They are caught up in the rituals and in their mind they are righteous. They are living like they have not forsaken the ordinances of their God. 
And in verse 3, we see the wrong way to fast. Wherefore have we fasted, say thee, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exalt all your, exact all your labors. Why have we fasted, and you see not? We're fasting over here, Lord. We have humbled ourselves, but you have not noticed us. The Israelites were going through religious motions and could not see that they were fasting for their own pleasure. Hence the, the, the phrase, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. Now, I don't know about you, but fasting is not pleasurable. But I, I, I have to change my response to it. Maybe throughout this year, maybe what needs to happen is every once in a while we need to call a three-day fast. We didn't do it one time last year. Shame on me. But this year we're going to do things differently, right? A new response this year. And so when we call a three-day fast, our, our, our countenance shouldn't drop to our knees. Amen. It just say, Lord, we need this. We need this because you're going to do something in this season. Verse 4, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. You fast only to quarrel and fight and think that you're going to get through the Lord. You're fasting for the wrong reasons. And remember, I said this here recently. If you fast in the wrong spirit, you'll hear the wrong voice. I can affirm my condition by fasting in the wrong spirit. I can affirm the decision I've already made by fasting in the wrong spirit. Haven't we fasted about this? And we've heard from the Lord. And he said, go ahead. Verse 5, is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his, uh, afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Fasting some ritual that we get bonus points for do we fast just so the Lord can see how righteous that we are is it so people can see us bowing our head while we are lying in sackcloth and ashes are we going to get through get the Lord's attention through some ceremony that leads us to lying in our own wickedness what's going to get the attention of the Lord, it will come from a place of humility. But until we actually humble ourselves, we won't really know how to respond to the Lord. Because if we, if we approach Him without humility, we won't hear Him. We'll hear what we think and what we want to hear. Verse 6, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that ye break every yoke? Is not the fast I have chosen to open wide the chains of wickedness and untie the cords of slavery, to let the bruised go free and to break every yoke? Is this not the purpose? What Isaiah shows us is there are people who have a false humility and they fast because they are after a pat on the head. And Jesus spoke of the Pharisees fasting in Matthew 6 and 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. 
Their reward is the purpose for their fast. They're fasting for their own pleasure. There's nothing, but there's nothing wrong with humbling yourself as long as it is true humility. Isaiah wasn't writing to say that Afflicting, afflicting your soul in a fast was a bad thing. He was writing to say, if you're making a show of that affliction, that is the core. That is the issue. So that's why when we wake up in the morning after we've been fasting, we have to step into the day not with a heavy face, letting everybody know I got something going on. I'm doing something here. The difference between true humility and false humility is the goal. We have already covered false humility. Now let's look at true humility. Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava. I think that's how you pronounce it. That we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. Ezra proclaimed a fast so they could seek the face of God and find direction and protection for them and their children and all of their possessions. In this, we see the right posture for fasting. They humbled themselves to seek God, to hear His voice, not so He would see an act of humility, but a humility that seeks guidance. When you humble yourself, your intention should be, Lord, I'm in a place that I need to hear you. I'm in a place where I need your wisdom. I need some answers, God. I need your counsel, Lord. I'm not doing this just so I can look righteous. I want to live righteous. And so I'm fasting so I can hear from the righteous one. Jumping down to verse 23. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us, and he heard us. Why did, they, why did he hear Ezra? Because they really humbled themselves to find direction and to hear from the Lord. That has to be our goal. When I humble myself, when we're fasting through this season, we're fasting so we can hear from the Lord. We're, we're fasting so we can find out what we need to do in this season that we're in. We're fasting to find out, God, what, what plans do you have for this coming year? We want to know, Lord. We know that you got greater days ahead, but we want to walk in that. We want to flow in the Spirit, Lord. So we're going to silence the raging lion so we can hear the voice of the Lord. Whenever you see a fast in Scripture, you see a humbling and a turning as if a person has been looking the wrong way and they adjust their sights to see the one who is able to guide them and keep them. It's when you go from being distracted to being focused. This season, we have to go from being distracted to being focused. Many of us have all, had all kinds of issues in our life last year with our employment and with different things. And, they, and there were distractions that came into our life. But this year, we got to silence the voice of the distractor. And we have to listen for the voice of the Lord, which means we got to shake off the distractions so that we can keep our eyes on the one who will keep us, who will guide us, who will lead us into all truth who will lead us into the greater things just a little side note I didn't I didn't plan to say this but at youth congress brother Chris Green uh, preached which really wasn't a message he released 
he imparted. But one of the things that caught my attention is while he was preparing to minister at the conference, he wasn't trying to create a beautiful, well-spoken sermon to deliver in front of 30,000 people. He said he fasted till his belly button fell off. And the result of that was when he released something on that Friday night, the entire, the entire congregation that night, the 30,000 plus people, there was a roar in that, in that arena. And there were people who were on their knees weeping and crying out to the Lord. Why were they doing this? Because, because this man aligned himself to the flow of the Spirit through fasting and prayer and God gave him something to release. You want something to release? We got to get out of the flesh and into the Spirit. If we're going to walk in the spirit, we got to deny the flesh because the flesh will get in the way. The flesh will cause unbelief. The flesh will say, I believe, but inside I don't believe. The flesh, when it is strong, when it is raging, when it was loud, it will drown out the voice of the Lord. It's also humbling to intercede for a nation of people who are in desperate need of deliverance. That is the right response to fasting. When we fast and intercede for people who've lost their way, when we fast and intercede for people who are broken, who are wounded, who are in this city right now, who are in need of intercession, not just in this city. This isn't the only city. There are cities all across this great state of Kentucky that are in need of intercession. There are people who are bound and they need the strongholds to be broken. But it's only going to come from people who pick up the whole armor of God and engage in battle. And you know how that's going to happen? It's going to come through prayer and fasting. When we push back the plate and we say, Lord, I'm tired of seeing the drug addicts die. I'm tired of seeing the depressed take their own lives. I'm tired of watching the wickedness all around me and nobody's doing a thing. But I know you have all power in heaven and earth. And if all you're looking for is a vessel to release that power in this world, I want to be the vessel. And so I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take this cross up because this cross represents greater things. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2 through 6. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. He, there was this vision, right? There was this writing that talked about the destruction of the place that Daniel called home. You know what this did? This pushed him into verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Listen, Daniel did it in the right way. While the Pharisees are lying in their own wickedness, Daniel is lying in sackcloth and ashes and saying, Lord, save a people, your people. Verse 4, and I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful or the great and awesome God, keep in the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to, keep, and, and to them that keep his commandments. This was Daniel. This was Daniel polling from Deuteronomy. Uh, he, he, believed, he believed in the faithful God. He's going to keep covenant. Uh, he's going to keep covenant. If I keep it, I, I can stay in there with him. Listen to, what, listen to how Daniel wrote. As an intercessor, as someone who is fasting in prayer, praying for, for a, a nation, for a people, his, his, the way that he speaks of it, in verse 5 he says, we have sinned. He didn't say they have sinned. 
He said, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. We've walked away from your law. We've walked away from your, from your instruction. Verse 6, neither have we hearkened unto the, thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. We haven't listened to the voices that you've sent our way. We've just become desensitized to them. Here they come again. They're going to deliver the same old kind of thing. I'm just going to shut my ears. But we are, listen, we ought to be so sensitive that, that it doesn't matter what the preacher's talking about, what the pastor's talking about, that, that seems a little heavy and a little harsh. We ought to be, we ought to be open to the Lord speaking to us and pulling us out of, pulling us out of the, the path to hell. It's a new response, a new response to the word. And I I mention this again, and I'll mention this until we get it. We'll we'll keep going until we get it. When When the message is over and the Lord has already touched you and spoken to you, your response should come to an altar. We don't build altars anymore. We have them, we have them in our homes, though, don't we? We don't we don't have Maybe we don't have an actual physical altar, but we have a prayer closet where we pray. It's our altar. It's where we stay close to the Lord. Now, when you hear from the Lord here, this is, uh, this is the next best thing. So when God visits you and speaks to you, you bring that word and you bring whatever he is, whatever it is that he's speaking to you about, and you bring it to this altar and, and you either embrace it or slay it. Does that make sense? If the Lord is trying to lead you into your into your purpose, if He's trying to lead you into gifts and callings, you embrace it. If He's trying to reveal your flesh to you, you slay it. If He's trying to show you areas of your life where you've been prideful, where you've been where you've been meddling in idolatry, where you've been cheating on the Lord and He's seen you. When he begins to deal with you, you bring, you bring that flesh to the altar and you slay it. And you say, Lord, I'm not leaving this place with what you've addressed in my heart. I don't want to walk out of this house with what you've spoken to me and, and showed me. I want, to, I want to crucify it at this altar. And I want to leave victoriously because I don't want to take a chance of that thing growing when I leave. Jumping down to verse uh, 20 through 23 and, and Daniel. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Verse 21. Yea, whilst, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation or the evening sacrifice and he informed me and talked with me and said oh Daniel I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding how are we going to get skill and understanding we're going to have to set our face to the Lord and we're going to have to cry out and we're going to have to fast and pray if we're going to experience supernatural visitation that will bring skill and understanding we must live a life of fasting and prayer Listen, listen to what, what he said to him in verse 23. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the, the vision. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you. Whenever you set your face, whenever we set our face toward the Lord and we humble ourselves with fasting and prayer, looking intently for words that will bring clarity to the confusion or or deliverance to the captive or direction for the people, the Lord will hear us. When it's about what He wants, we will seek Him for His help and we will get it. 
Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide him, hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Verse 8, then shall the light, thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here am I. When you fast for the right reasons, the Lord will hear you. When you fast for others, when you fast for yourself and for your family, for the direction that the Lord would have you go, the Lord will hear you. When you fast and pray for the things that you want, that he doesn't want, you won't hear him. You'll hear another voice. I want to close with this. I was I was sitting there and it hit me. In First Kings chapter nineteen, Elijah. Elijah's in this moment where he just he just came out of a very intense demonstration of God's power and authority. And he slayed the prophets of Baal. He, he got rid of them. He, he, as one man, he conquered. He conquered all of those prophets of Baal. But then here we have him. Verse 19 or chapter 19, verse 1, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba which belongeth to Judah and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life for I am not better than my father's. In this moment, after the great victory Elijah experienced, he runs for the hills for one voice. This one voice, this one voice caused him to tremble, to be fearful. When he, he had such a display, he, God used him to, to display his power uh, to the world. And, and, and this one voice brings such a confusion that he just wants to run. What was it, Elijah? Did you take off? Did you take off your armor? Did you try to take a day off and say, "Well, I've done this great thing. Now I can just take it easy." Listen, what happened? Verse five. And as he lay and slept under. A juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and the cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And verse 7, And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. Now, look at this. Elijah was, was led into a season of fasting and prayer to defeat the depression in his life, to defeat the fear in his life. Elijah was so used to hearing, to seeing these demonstrative experiences from the Lord uh, that, he, that he, he couldn't hear him from the chaos that fear had brought into his mind. 
Fear will cause such a noise in your life that you won't be able to hear right. He said, I had not given you the spirit of fear, but a power to love and a sound mind. You know what fear does? Fear robs the soundness of mind in your life. Here Elijah is running for his life. And he came, verse 9, and he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what dost thou hear, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. When, the, when fear comes to you, you feel like you're in this all by yourself, that there is no hope for you. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. Be- behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And that's when the Lord spoke. Listen, what we have to do is not expect God to meet us in all these demonstrative ways. We have to expect God to meet us in the solitude of a moment where there is silence. In order for us to hear the voice of the Lord, there must be silence in our life. Well, if you say, well, I can't make silence. I got four kids. I got two kids. I got three kids. I got a kid. There's no silence in our house. Get up early and pray until there's silence. Because we get to choose that. There's quiet in here. It's good. It's good. Get rid of the noise. Position your life to hear from the Lord. Because it's not going to be loud. Sometimes He's just going to wait for you to clear the stage before He'll speak to you. Clear the schedule. Let's stand. Maybe you don't know how to fast or what to fast. Just see see what your body's response is when you skip a meal or two meals. See what your body's response when you skip a three meals, six meals. You will know the first time you start skipping meals how loud your flesh is. And when you can discover how loud your flesh is, you will know how desperately you need to fast. Because our flesh screams. And what our flesh screams is unbelief. Our flesh screams to be the star of the show, to be the one on the throne. And when you stop eating, you will see that throne. You will hear that throne. But you deny it. You deny it. I know, I know maybe, maybe you're fearful of fasting. Maybe you just don't feel like you need to fast. If you feel like you don't need to fast, you, you do. If you feel like you don't need to fast, your flesh is stronger than you think. Because, listen, if we're sensitive to the Lord, you'll hear the call of fast. And you'll have to wrestle with it. I don't want to wrestle with it anymore. When God calls us to fast, I want to be ready, willing, because what he's wanting to do, what he's trying to do, what he's positioned in the church to do is to be the light 
Think about this. If the church, if the church was rebaptized with a spirit of fasting and prayer, I believe that the kingdom of God would be so strong wherever we go that there would be healings. Because within the kingdom, within the kingdom of God, there are healings. There are miracles. There's no disease in the kingdom of God. T.D. Brother T. T.D. Barnes said that the Lord paid, he paid for our salvation and he paid for our healing. We shouldn't be sick, diseased, right? And to be honest, fasting will take care of a lot of that. Can you lift your hands right now toward the Lord and just ask Him to help you? Maybe you're confused about what to do, where you're at in your walk with Him. Just ask Him for wisdom. Ask Him for His help. He'll give you help. He'll speak to you if that's what you want. He'll, he'll minister to you if that's what you want. He'll give you... He'll give you the strength and the healing that you need if that's what you want. As unto your faith, let it be done to you. I pray, I'm asking you, Lord, that you'd visit your people right now and that you'd help those who are confused about fasting, who are confused about prayer, who don't understand. I pray that you would bring clarity, that you would help them, that you'd lead them in your word, God, that you'd send a voice to help them, that you send your voice, God. I pray that you'd help us clear all the distractions out of our life, that we could position our bodies, our, our minds, our spirit. We could position our entire being to hear from you. God, <laughs> that you'll speak and we'll obey, that you'll lead and we'll follow, that you show us what you desire to do and we'll go. But God, give us a willingness, Lord, don't don't let us deceive ourselves into doing all religious rituals just to find ourselves lost at the end of time. I, I don't want to be lost, God. I don't want to be lost. I want to walk with you every step of the way. I don't want to be bound in things that I could be delivered from. So we pray and ask for your guidance, for your help. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Help us to not be like the hypocrites. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you'd like to spend a little time in prayer, this altar's open. Let's remember our service Sunday. We will have the Campbells with us from Costa Rica. It'll be a wonderful time. They will bless High Point. They're wonderful people. Uh, so come expecting um, a, a bilingual service. It'll be beautiful. God bless you all. Appreciate you. Love you. Keep fighting the good fight of faith, and we'll see you Sunday.